Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we get to talk to Oxford's Chief of Police, Jeff McCutcheon. He and some others are getting together to have a great filming uh, this coming up week with a great documentary on the PTSD 9-11. Chief, I was trying to get it out and it's just not working. It's a Monday. But you guys have this good thing coming up in Oxford on February the 19th and it's going to be streamed at the church and it's for um, highlighting mental health for our first responders. So welcome. Thank you. I I really appreciate this. This is a really good opportunity for us uh, and first responders across our state to to be able to come together and and see this documentary. And uh, I got to speak with uh, Conrad Weaver today uh, just to kind of go over it and and watch the trailer again. And uh, we're excited to be able to merge this conversation because it's it's real. It's it's something that's happening every day. And and oftentimes I think we don't want to acknowledge it, but the reality is our people that we care about most, our heroes, are the ones that, that see some of these things and they struggle. And so we want to, you know, create an opportunity for them to to be able to pour back into. So, who, where did the documentary come from? This PTSD nine eleven, a documentary film. So, you guys didn't necessarily create the documentary. You guys are just offering the opportunity for first responders and their family to come and sort of see it. Correct? That's right. So, Conrad Weaver, um, he is the the filmmaker. And through contacts with the Chiefs Association, we were able to connect with him. And he will be in Jackson, I believe, on the 21st. And so as he was traveling through, we asked, would it be an opportunity for us to be able to host this up north as well? And, and he was super gracious. He, he He's going to stop in on his way. Um, and so just being able to create that relationship with him. And he has a heart and a passion for first responders. Um, and so that's really how the door got opened. Now, I said uh, PTSD 9-11, but I think it's 9-1-1, which both were, uh, you know, great tragedies in terms of for PTSD. So it's more of like PTSD 9-1-1 for those first responders who may be on the scene when someone's at their uh, worst and having to use the 9-1-1 um, emergency number, correct? It is. It, it, it highlights uh, three first responders as they deal with the aftermath of tragic events and when you get into looking at our first responders, you know, I think the general public maybe sees three or four traumatic events in their lifetime, but first responders see almost 200. And so when you think about that and you think about 
the stress that they're already under, and then you couple that with just the uh, overabundance of seeing these tragedies and traumatic events, it takes a toll. You know, you, you oftentimes you leave parts of your soul on these calls, and if we don't treat them well, if we don't create a, a sense of wellness and to understanding that there are people that can help you through these things, we send them, you know, we send them back out, and they're not healthy. So if they're not healthy, how are they going to be able to serve uh, in their best capacity? And so this film highlights that. It highlights these three individuals, and I think just based off the information that I have seen, they're they're at despair, you know, and they talk about the the potentiality of, of suicide because they didn't know what was out there. They didn't know that there's also a story of hope in this, and and I think that's an important part of it is. We all struggle, we all see things, and we all deal with these traumatic events, but there are things out there to help keep you healthy. And I know times are changing, Chief. I mean, just us having this conversation here on Good Things, you guys um, having the, uh, the opportunity for first responders and their families to see a documentary like this. You've now got first responders of Mississippi with Ruth Ann Rigby and her husband who are bringing this to light. But do you, how are our first responders responding to all of this change and sort of bringing awareness? Are they opening up? Is it getting through? Is there still stigma that needs to be um, sort of a tackled? I think it, it it is the doors open. I think you're seeing a trend. I think you're seeing a change, and generationally, especially in law enforcement, we had such a push over the last few years that you know a lot of people got out, and so you're hiring younger staff, and so those younger staff they do want to to be poured into. They do want longevity in this career, and you know for for for, the, for our older hands. It, it can be difficult, right? Teaching someone something new, they they've processed a certain way, and um, the, the cool thing is, it's creating a conversation, and to to be able to talk to them about, you know, we want to get you in healthy, right? And then we want to be able to create a work environment that pours back into you and takes care of you. If, if we injure someone's shoulder on the job, right, we we make sure they get the the training and the rehabilitation that they need, and we put them back out there. And the same concept has to be that way with our mental health. And we can't we can't look at that as a broken person or a broken system. We go back, we train, we, we retrain, we create healthy systems, and then we get them back at doing the things that they love and that they're good at. I was looking at some numbers this weekend, and, and some of them deviate, but anywhere from the age of 57 to 61 is the life expectancy of a first responder. And so when you think about that in Mississippi, if we bring someone in at 21 years old, the very first day they can serve as a first responder or in law enforcement, they can't even leave till they're 51 based off retirement. So we've got them a decade. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that we've got to create a better platform, a better system. We've got to put some things in place. These people are our heroes. Like, they pour their life into this job, and then the system can wreck them. And then we send them out and, at retirement, and we're not leaving them healthy. You know, we've got to put some things in place to take care of these people. And, two, I think you will start getting more people interested in the first responder field 
if they start to see too that there's open communication or opportunities for their whole person to also be taken care of, right? I mean, you think about in terms of passing down the the job. Um, younger generations may not want to follow in their parents' footsteps if they see the toll it took on them. But if they recognize a change in the industry, then maybe they um, will see themselves as wanting to follow in the path of the one that they saw because it can be hard if you see if you see this toll that when they come home as mom or dad or aunt or uncle and so that may deter you from wanting to to follow your passions yeah no you're spot on i mean if if we don't create those type of environments who wants to get in right we if we're not producing healthy people if we're not looking for ways to you know, protect them mentally and physically and financially, then your your ability to recruit is not going to be there. You know, we have to create wellness programs. We have to – people love doing this job, but we have to also win the family, All right. So when, when they're talking about applying, are, are they being encouraged by their family? Are they – are the families – you know, they're going to worry about the, the high divorce rate. Are they going to worry about the financial strain? The mental health strain. I mean, there's so many aspects to being a first responder that if we don't come up with a program and, and some some habits to create better and healthy people, then you're 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 going to see your recruitment numbers stay low, right? You're going to see people go do different things or just get out of the field and. And we all know we we cannot survive as a society without great first responders. Amen. I wouldn't want to live in one without any. I know that. (laughs) I don't necessarily want to see them every day, Chief, but I want to know that you're there if I need you. (laughs) That's right. Okay. And if we need uh, to come out and see this film, and obviously it's for first responders, it's for their family. I think it's also open up to the community. That's next Monday. That's going to be February the 19th. Where is it going to be? And is there a cost associated? So we're hosting it at Pine Lake Church, which is off of Pat Patterson Parkway. Uh, there is no fee. Uh, we are asking that it, if if you feel led to donate to first responders of Mississippi, we'll, we'll have a way to do that there on site. Uh, but also it is for first responders. It is for their families. But we want, we want our community members to come. We want our elected officials to come. We want everybody to come and partake in this because if you don't understand, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so we would want our community to come and, and just see what your first responders are going through, the struggles, the difficulties, because there are times where you see a snippet of something on television or on Facebook, and you need to understand that there's so much more to the call. There's so much more stress that goes involved, and, and it's not over when the call is over. A lot of times this goes home with people, and, and I think we will get better understanding. We'll get better communication, and we'll get better compassion for our first responders when we get that complete buy-in from our community. Chief, what led you into law enforcement? It, it, it's so cliche, but it truly is. It's just a sense of service, of just purpose. You know, I, you don't, I didn't ever want to leave earth feeling like I didn't do something for somebody else and I'll be it'll be 22 years in this field this summer and there's not a day that goes by that you don't get the opportunity to impact someone positively and there's no greater job that I can think of than that and and it just it brings you joy like it brings you this sense of purpose and you find you leaving something better than you found it well, I think uh, you're doing a huge sense of purpose with advocating for this film. So that's PTSD 911. Um, it's going to be February the 19th there in Oxford at Pine Lake. Where can they go for more information, Chief? So the the film has its own website, uh, so you can do that. You can also go to YouTube and put in PTSD 911 trailer, and it'll pull it'll pull that up. Uh, it's a it's a really really good 
um, trailer that will kind of give you an insight of what you'll see. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We're pushing some information out. So any of those avenues will take you where you need to go. Well, I appreciate your time, Chief, and you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Teams will load and haul away your unwanted junk for you. Visit twomininatruck.com to learn more and get a free junk removal quote. That's twomininatruck.com. That's a good thing. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm or also streaming from the Supertalk app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. Don't forget, our Supertalk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories, so stay up to date. So sign up for our free weekly newsletter over at supertalk.fm. You can catch a great story about, to me, the best surprise of the whole night for the Super Bowl. And with that, I went to bed after halftime. So... I have limited experience on the actual entire event, so just to just to sort of say that, which I think we all were once it started coming out and we were connecting the dots, the fact that the sonic boom of Jackson State was there in the halftime show, regardless of what you think about the halftime show, because honestly, you either liked it or you didn't like it before a note was ever played. Let's be let's be fair. Barring just a, you know, something crazy, you had already made up your mind. That music wasn't for you. You weren't necessarily into that particular artist, although we didn't know who was going to join him on stage. So that was a little bit of a surprise for everybody. Well, Alicia Keys had leaked out, but... Some of the others had been, there I was guess, scuttlebutt about Ludacris. about, but, you know, you know, nothing necessarily hardcore. Nobody or, expected Jermaine Dupree to show up dressed like that. Like he was wearing his son's Easter outfit. <laughs> you know, the socks, man. I have a pair of those socks for my girls in my, in my closet, but hey, to each his own. Look like he grabbed it. Out of a wardrobe of a pilgrim. I do appreciate that that will probably remain a meme for eternity. And for that, we can all be grateful to get a good laugh at for the next upcoming however many years, at least to the next Super Bowl for sure. Or you're from the, you know, the era where even if it wasn't exactly like the best sound or exactly what you wanted to hear, it, it hit memory your memory bank for sure and you went flashback right into that particular era of your life and you loved it because it was a little bit of going down sort of memory probably some pulled hamstrings and backs (laughs) thrown out trying to get up and dance to it kids completely looking at you like you've lost your dang mind or what you know where did this sort of come from but i think once we all started to put piece together that uh, the sonic boom from jackson state was the band that did phenomenal even if it's not style of music they were great and entertaining and added an element of excitement to the whole thing i always appreciate when they bring a band out for the halftime show because it's a halftime show (laughs) and i think at this point so many folks just cannot be pleased i think they should go back to just let whoever won the national 
marching band competition, come out and do their their gig and get it, you know, go back to like what it should be on a Friday night or a Saturday on a college campus. I mean, the way I look at fun. it, even if last night, even if Usher and Friends wasn't the music you'd have chosen, <laughs> that's a, the, that's the stage design, it. the setup, the medley itself, the fact that he he was able to sing and dance at the same time it wasn't lip syncing i i fully appreciated that all of those things are a win even if you even if you don't like the music you can appreciate the artistry that went into it especially compared to some recent ones yeah. where they they got out over their skis and they wanted to be a little too artsy fartsy for a football game halftime show i appreciate when the skates came out i was like whoa i should go break something like dude you're my age <laughs> Let the younger ones roll around and you, you know, and then I wondered, like, I would love to me, you know, if you've ever put anything together or, or like a production at all, obviously not to that capacity, you know, like what all's going on in the back, like within, like, it has to be perfect, everything. I just need to know, like, all the wardrobe, like, were those the, were those the, the, the shoes where the little skates pop back up, like, that you see or no, because they look like actual skates. Like, They're actual skates. So was somebody out there, like. Velcroing on your sh- like I don't know like to me that's like the insanity of it. It did look like Usher was a couple seconds late for that part of the song. Well, because he was getting those skates on. You don't want those loose or no. or however it may be. But um, I mean, I did. I will say, anytime I can appreciate when a singer actually sings, because there are times when you know it's being. Um, I guess lip sync or lip sunk. <laughs> My great grammar today. Lip synced. Lip synced. Uh, and you get why. Have you tried dancing and actually singing? It takes a lot of talent. I did love the moment for the mom. Mom, we made it. That was kind of sweet. And it, the whole place got quiet. I sort of appreciated that. But and someone from that era, just like you, Rhino, I appreciated the throwbacks. Were all of it exactly what I, would I watch it again? Have I watched a YouTube video of it over and over? Absolutely not. Um, but it's 13 minutes of I don't know how many minutes for an entire year. It is what it is, and you sort of move on. Is there anybody, do you think, performer-wise, that could please at least 75% of the audience? Because it feels like every year it is one of the most polarizing things at the Super Bowl, which is crazy to me. I mean, it's a halftime show. It would have to be. It's a concert, or it's a mini concert. Well, it's it's a balance between because you have the the big names of music now that you're probably never going to get to perform a halftime show at their height of fame. You might get them in twenty years time. So I'm trying to think of who was hot twenty to thirty years ago that would be popular now. I read where Michael Jackson's ninety-six, eight, ninety-something was one of the more popular ones. Oh yeah, it's one of the top-rated, top-rated broadcasts ones. of all time. Like more people tuned in for that halftime show than the actual Super Bowl. Prince, that year. I think, is one. And that that's will go one down. reason you have so many people our age and older that even if we like the music performed at halftime show, the performance itself falls flat. Because we saw the greatest halftime performance of all time. No chance to compete with it because it was Prince with his Prince guitar playing Purple Rain and the skies opened up. It was perfect. Right. Like there's there's just no topping it. So everybody's playing second fiddle to Prince's halftime show. 
Well, Jeff and Pontox says I'm ready for a Metallica halftime show. I feel like you know, I I you know the what's the what's the show Crossroads where you have the the artists from the different genres come together. I feel like they need to move in that direction. Like they just need to have a taste of like it all and give you like a charcuterie board, a smorgasbord of and see and go, okay, here are four very different artists who is popular or at least has respect in their, you know, respective genres. Y'all come to a table and figure out what you're going to do for 13 minutes besides just giving four minutes here and four minutes there and four minutes there and then see if we can't find a palette for everybody. A Thanksgiving plate where all the flavors mesh together. Because at this rate, nobody's ever going to be, I mean, you almost hate getting on, we hate getting on social media probably much on a regular basis, like on a daily basis. But particularly something that just about everybody's watching, even if you weren't watching it. There's some of you who didn't, and I applaud you. Like, I mean, I went to bed after the halftime show. But there's so many of us that went to bed after the halftime show because we were just good there to watch the anticipation of the entertainment. And you just get on, and it's automatic, stark opinions on sort of either side. And it can make your head hurt. And so we just, you know, how do you fix that? You can't fix Garth Brooks. Really? Even he? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. I just saw him. He's great in concert. I would really appreciate it. But I don't know if he is the, if he would be the one. Who would be the most? The thing about Garth Brooks, I think he would push, maybe not. He's he's getting, he's he's not getting older, but he's older than he once was. But instead of having LED flames, I feel like Garth would have pushed for real flames. This is true. What if they? What if it was like plot twist? What if it was like an up and coming? What if they, you know, you didn't know any of the songs, you didn't know any of the, or would they not be able to withhold the pressure? Because that's a lot of pressure. You have to be a skilled entertainer to be able to go on that kind of stage and not. Well, yeah, it. you've you've got to have a good enough catalog to where you can fill the time allotted with your music or music from guests you bring in to work with you that you've either worked with before or always wanted to work with. And you wind up with, I don't know, it, it, like you said, it's tough to please everybody. Mm -hmm. I just want 75%. (laughs) I don't know that Garth could give you 75%. I mean, or even like over 50, 55%. Like, yeah, let's. Let's lower our expectations today here on Good Things. Fleetwood Mac would have would be an accepted by seventy five percent surely. Someone said, um, "Absolutely not ever." Garth Brooks, Amanda from Ackerman. See, I already lost one. Who do you think would be the perfect? And I mean, not for you, but like perfect middle ground halftime show. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Those who are Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We hope you've taken time to download that Supertalk app. If you do, you can find us anytime, anywhere there by streaming us live. You can also find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. We are on Supertalk TV on your computer or your mobile device. Talking about the halftime show, I'm still salty the fact the 49ers didn't win. Yes, I was going for them. Why? They were the underdog, too. Charvadius Ward has been the only player on either side that uh, that has ever been on good things, and he's still up to good things in his hometown of Macomb. So I just chose that, and so I figured, you know, that there we go. So I shouldn't have went to bed. I'm sorry I let you down, Mr. Ward. But <laughs> next year, if you make it back, I'll stay up for the whole thing and maybe see it to a different light. But regardless of who won, I feel like the biggest winner was the fact that Mississippi shined with the JSU's uh, band, Sonic Boom, being in the halftime show. And I love the fact that this is like the best kept secret, at least in terms of media. It felt like I'm sure somebody had to know. But on in the article at Supertalk.fm, um, Jackson State's director of bands, Dr. Roderick Little, talked about he also posted it on his social media that last November, so I guess several months ago, they were hand selected to join Usher on the field for the halftime um, halftime show. So it's been, I mean, how many kids are in a band? A lot, right? So that's also parents that are going to have to coordinate getting there and then the excitement of it all and then all the things. And for that not to have gotten, like, I'm sure it got like quote leaked in terms of like other- yeah from my understanding it was kind of an open secret on campus but they right. were they were very certain don't let this out or we won't get this opportunity like let alone get this opportunity again again and so i wonder why it had to well i guess everything was secret about the halftime show so that i supposed to be yeah i answered my own question whenever i said that Uh, because i know some were saying why wasn't it more promoted so we would all be more excited and tuning in but it's the same with everything else they wanted to keep anything of the of the entertainment under wraps like what he was going to have and all the things so i can appreciate that now but i appreciate they keeping it a secret like (laughs) i mean you know but you do feel like there were some outlets that were as soon as the halftime show hit and then aired they were running stories about it and i appreciate them not leaking it you know also you kind of had that moment and it just added sort of that extra extra flavor um to it which um still super cool how cool is that talking about though trying to find a halftime show that would appease at least 55 to 60 percent i said 75 but i feel like that's just a lot to ask of everyone to come together um, someone said Post Malone, Metallica, and Carrie Underwood. I mean, you hit up a, a bunch of different genres all there, and I think they would all probably work kindly together, and it would be it would be an interesting show. I I personally like the idea of a smorgasbord instead of having like one already let you know who is going to come instead of leaving it up to just that one person to sort of figure it out um, in that way, just because then you do get kind of more variety but looking and seeing who was the first so who did the first super bowl halftime show google tells us by the way that's my scientific research for the day in 90 i mean 67 
It featured marching bands from the University of Arizona and Grambling State University. And then it had hundreds of flying pigeons. That had to be interesting. Thousands of balloons. That's great. And then two soaring men wearing jetpacks. I'm like, let's throw back to the first. Well, you can't forget the Anaheim High School Anaheim Steppers drill team and flag girls. So there you go. Like, let's let's roll it back. Let's do a little bit of a vintage throwback in that way, which is why you said you genuinely appreciated that there was an actual band. Oh, yeah. I always appreciate when they, they bring out a marching band. I mean, I like it when you have an artist that plays with a band or when an artist that usually performs rock or pop or, or metal or something like that. When they do it with a marching band or a symphony orchestra, I just really appreciate that change in sound because it brings out the actual musical talent that went into making the music instead of trying to fit a sound to sell. Agreed. And someone reminded us that the uh, the Chiefs did have two Mississippi Mississippians, uh, Chris Jones and Willie Gay of MSU. Yes, love them both. Neither have graced their presence here on Good Things. So if they would like to join us here and chat it up and talk about what they're doing, then next year I'll have a harder time figuring out who I'm going to pull for if they wind up back together on uh, on the biggest stage. And so, yeah, you ha- do not take who I root for with a grain of salt. I have the simplest formula to which I or choose. Or don't take it seriously. Take it. With a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Yes, yes. Do not take. Yes, absolutely. I have a very low grade of low formula how I have how I pick um, who I'm going to root for in a game. I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight. So there you go on that. But yes, Mississippi was going to walk away a winner regardless last night, and I still say they walk away with the best in terms of with JSU. But let's switch to talk about the commercials because there's not a whole lot that people are talking about there either. It kind of felt like. But I think anytime you start putting so much pressure on something and over the years, I mean, it's obviously has ramped up. But oh, yeah. at some point, you can't keep topping what's already been like classic. True, but you can find new and interesting ways to tick off the people watching. Like every single movie trailer gives you a little bitty snippet because it's really expensive to play an ad during the Super Bowl, but it's like, go watch the full trailer online. Or not. I'm watching a football game right now. I don't want to go on the internet and watch two minutes and miss the other stuff I'm trying to watch. Interestingly, though, I I saw where I guess they have a way of um, measuring internet activity after each commercial to sort of see they can't tell who's people's favorites, but it's like which commercial got people you know, to take an action. And the movie trailers were at the top of the list, particularly Deadpool. I figured you'd appreciate that. Well, yeah, that was the only snippet that I saw that I was like, okay, this actually looks like it could be entertaining. I mean, not that you went right then and added to the, the list. Of no, I was, did it, all, all I did is I was taking notes kind of just to keep my thoughts clear so I could talk about it today on the air. Mm-hmm. And I would just make a note, watch the trailer. So after I got done, I, I stayed up late and watched that tracker tv show they kept advertising so i guess those ads worked don't know that i'll be tuning in for the second week of it it wasn't all that great but i watched the first episode and then getting ready for bed i went through and watched a lot of the trailers and i mean if we're being salty we can be salty i'm gonna be salty about the fact i I was salty earlier on middays about this (laughs) why did it take two decades to make a wicked musical and why are they breaking it into two parts Oh, I don't know. Especially when 
Wicked the Musical, if anybody is familiar with it, the first act, the part you're going to get in this first half, is pretty good. The second half just falls to pieces. It's nowhere near as good as the first act. So you're going to have a second part movie that nobody's going to want to see two decades after it was popular. So that's that's salty trailer number one. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped the trailer for Twisters. I saw that. That movie came out in 96. It's the year of our Lord, 2024. It's almost 30 years later. People from that movie are dead now. Why are they making a f- sequel? They could make another tornado movie and call it something else. I just wanted to know why they didn't do the why went the cow? Where was the cow? I just need I needed in the trailer for there to be the cow, and then them for them to drive through a house because those were the two most realistic things out of that entire movie <laughs> that I'm going to need to be in in the next one. But I don't remember over the years, again, not historian when it comes to to Super Bowl commercials, movies even being really a, um, a big commercial thing. It kind of depended on who was broadcasting the Super Bowl. Like if it was on Fox, then you might have Fox Studios show a couple of their trailers. Mm-hmm. I don't... You usually had brands trying to make movies that became Super Bowl commercials, not movies trying to get you to go to the movies with little teasers to then go watch a trailer. That That's a relatively new sort of advancement in ads, and I don't think people are liking it that much. So, to use one of my daughter's words, cringe, but at the same time laughed was the Duncan um the Duncan commercial with Ben Affleck and, and JLo. JLo. He could not have been more out of his comfort zone and it came across so clearly that it was just kudos to him though for poking the fun humor of, of awkwardness. The humor of awkwardness. You wonder what the conversations were prior to it to to get him to even do that cuz you just felt like it just well, it feels like Was a little bit of, of his reality came out at the very end of it when it's him walking away with Matt Damon. Is like, shut up. They're naming a drink after us. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'll do it. Get it over with. What do I need to do? And then and then sort of move on. But it did make me, ch- it did make me chuckle just a little bit. If you had a favorite commercial, you can let us know. 601-879-4395. But more good things up next. Beat, positive, and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. 
You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And I hope you know you can watch us on Super Talk TV, your computer, or your mobile device. So the Super Bowl wasn't the only tough uh, competition this weekend. I had the pleasure of being a judge for the 4-H Crepe Cook-Off Saturday at the Dixie National Livestock Show and Rodeo. And let me tell you, our little 4-Hers from across the state who came together, there was 11 of them that represented 11 different counties, can cook. And they're all ranged in the age from like uh, 12 to, I guess, 15 or 16, I think is maybe the oldest. So they were still in high school, obviously. And they had an hour to do a original, their original, I guess, crepe recipe, which were all just, you know, taken from other recipes. And they can make as many as they wanted, but they had to have one good one to present to, to myself and then the few other judges. And we... We graded them things on like food safety, creativity of the recipe, whether it was what it looked like, what it tasted like. And then they threw in a beef component this year. So if you wanted to put beef, there was also like the best beef. Y'all, them babies cook steak better than I've ever cooked a steak on a little skillet there for an hour. It was just. So it's like a separate beef dish or they so got to include beef in the crepe? They have to include, if they want to be. It's like Iron Chef rules. If they wanted to be. Put the fish in the ice cream. <laughs> if they wanted to also be up for the beef award, it had to be in their crepe. Ah. Yes. So um, there was the crepe and then there was and beef uh, in that way. And so. Can't say uh, I've ever had beef with a crepe. Well, you get, well, I forget what they call it, something fancy. And you have, it's like, um, so you have like basically sweet or savory. And then, so they had one, one young girl, she whooped out these fillets, cut them up, and then did this reduction of some kind of vinegar sauce and had mushrooms and onions and all the things. So it's like, think of like what you would put in a savory omelet, but then into, a crepe, and so you have more of a, a savory crepe that way. It's called something, and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. Um, but then there was one who did like a taco thing, like a, fieta, a, a fajita, but with steak instead of um, chicken in her crepe. But the winner, man, she went she went sweet, and she had like the cream cheese with the blueberries and strawberries and some graham cracker and the perfectly cooked crepe, and like you would I'd have ordered that. I was like, man, I am so because crepes aren't easy. We had one sweet team who, bless their heart, it took them a, it took them an hour, but we made it. We got the a crepe flipped and done well. We had a big stack of we're going to do better next times, and it's really hard judging these babies because. You're watching, I mean, you know, it's under pressure. Obviously, it's not like the Food Network or anything at the Super Bowl or anything like that. But you're being judged. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, when you make something that doesn't taste good and then you like you hand it to your family. And it's like, I know, guys, let's order pizza. And so, you know, it still took courage for them to complete the task and and sort of do it. But our second place winner, uh, Mr. Ezra. He is him and his dad are um, longtime Good Things listeners. So I did not know that. Prior to judging, or he would have gotten first. <laughs> so, Ezra, if you're listening, next time tell the judge. Smooth with the judges before. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's who you know. I did not know that. But he actually did a wonderful shrimp um, crepe with a little bit of cream cheese in the middle and sort of savory thing. And I was very impressed. And his, he did a, he, they all did a phenomenal job. 
I'm not up there trying to cook crepes for for anybody. But how cool is it that our 4-H programs in all of our counties offer these kind of things? So it's not just livestock that we have. You've also got these opportunities from cooking to um, everything else. And I know at the Mississippi State Fair, so if you're you're listening and you have a kiddo who loves to cook and they're part of the 4-H, I know the coming up, and it'll be here before we know it in October, they have an omelet cooking cook-off. And they get little prizes and all the and a little bit of cash prizes and all that for winning. Um, it is it is sponsored by the Mississippi Egg Marketing Board of the Mississippi Poultry Association, obviously. But, um, but yeah, what a good time. Have you ever made a crepe? Oh, yeah. Even accidentally. How do you accidentally make a crepe? You start to make an omelet, and you make a couple omelets, and you just got a little bit left. It's like, well, pour it in there. It's going to be a really thin one. But isn't in, in there, like, isn't it more like a pancake? Kind of, yeah. And there flour involved? Yeah. Do you ever use flour in your omelet? Well, no, but like you, you got just a little bit of eggs left, and it's not enough for an omelet, so you. Oh, so make you a crepe. then you make a crepe. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I have never accidentally <laughs> making an omelet. I don't know what you're putting in your omelets, but mine has never come out fluffy like that on accident. But I think also flipping the omelet is probably something exciting to to sort of witness. But kudos to all of them who showed up and did it. Took great courage. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with sports talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.